0: And good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday, January seventh. It's another Hoopster Diamonds podcast. I am joined by my good friend from Raider DePaul Sports, Hami Arrain Hami, how are you today?
1: Doing great. Just uh, sitting here in my car at the old Hilton in Oakbrook, Illinois. Uh, It's a very, uh, it's a very mild day outside. It's not like, it's not very cold or anything. It's like about 37 degrees. It's very, very good outside.
0: We have had an incredibly mild winter. There's been almost no snow. It's been, there haven't been really freezing days. I'm waiting until the end of January, beginning of February, because that's when we always get some kind of freeze, but it has been a relatively good winter so far. It's actually been- in March are like the worst months. Yeah, it's always, always, it's the weirdest thing because we get to the point where we, I always think December, and January are going to be the worst. And then some reason, February is always the worst month.
1: Yeah, it's always dark. You know, it's like no one likes February. Here. No one likes February.
0: No, it's also the shortest month. So it's the Isaiah Thomas of the months. <laughs> but I want to talk about, we do have a lot to get to, but I want to talk about this team that Daryl Morey has taken over and has transformed into the best team in the Eastern Conference He's surrounded Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid with shooting. And it is working out great. I am, of course, talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, 7-1. Joel Embiid, of course, doing his thing. But, Hami, what I'm loving about this team is shooting almost 40% from downtown, finally giving them the shooting that they need, and it's working. You get high-IQ guys like a Danny Green. Milton's playing great. Seth Curry's playing out of his mind, 17 played, points a really game. Did.
1: He was good yesterday.
0: He or was, he, was last or whatever. It's just crazy to see what's going on, and I'm loving this, and I've been able to catch a couple of games from them, but I want to I get your thoughts on what you have seen that's totally changed compared to last year. Uh, well, everyone
1: always talks about, you
0: know, X team might need, like, a
1: fresh face, and that's, this is exactly what happened this year uh, for the Sixers. Because last year, Embiid in the playoffs, he played great for the Sixers against the Celtics. It's just that the Celtics had the better team, you know. And, and Embiid, he averaged like, I don't know, what was it, like 30 and 10 or something like that? Yeah, he played I really well. Like that. Yeah, he played really well in those four games. But it was, just like, it was like he was the only guy
0: doing it. Because I don't think Simmons played, right? He didn't play in the bubble. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think he did. And so, <laughs> it's just – it's mad. It's just crazy because I give Embiid – Embiid is the best big man in the NBA next to Jokic. I think we can both agree on that, clear as day. And, yeah, you were, we were both right, yeah. Ben Simmons didn't play. I don't remember him playing at all in that game. And it's crazy because Elton Brand was – it, it wasn't working. I'm like, what the hell are you doing training for Al Horford? I was like, that's not going to work. There's no spacing and he's slow. And now look at him. It's insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes you think, like, they really, really – like – I know it's like it, we all talk about hindsight and stuff like that, but, I mean, Jimmy Butler was really fucking
0: good for them, you know? He was, and – He was a great closer, you know? He was, and I think that's where in the playoffs they're going to struggle. They don't have the closer. Because, I mean, I mean, okay, I mean, I guess you can go to Seth, but no. It's going to be Tobias Harris, which is fine. He's not, a, he's not a bad player to go to at all. He's, I've always been a big fan of Tobias – since he was up in Orlando, I thought this guy's a beast and is gonna have a very solid NBA career just on his numbers and oh, sorry about that. You guys might. anyway. So I <laughs> I'm not even, you know what that is? It's do you get those things where like your warranty is expiring on your car? Do you get those spam calls? Oh yeah. Oh, I get yeah. it's the same people and I have oh, to no, block no. like eight three different numbers a day it's the most enormous the numbers come on
1: from the irs
0: you know it's like you're not the irs no you're not. You're a zero number <laughs> no you're not so but you know from last night shout out to bradley beal by the way dropping a 60 point game in the loss i feel bad for that dude he's the Devin Booker of the eastern conference
1: he was because now he's um, got a team
0: it's tough you know you
1: can you can honestly argue that he's kind of the reverse because he he was uh, when he was young they were pretty good. I mean, like they were like a fourth or fifth seed. Remember when they beat the bulls, like he was a huge part of that. And then they, uh, they, they swept the Raptors too, right? Like the year after they beat the bulls, they like swept over the Raptors and it was just like, no problem. And, you know, Beal and wall. And, you know, that's another situation where I thought the fresh face would have been very beneficial for a guy like Westbrook. Um, but it hasn't, you know, but like, like that's a team. Cause I watched a little bit of that game, the wizards versus Sixers and like this, the wizards, they compete, but they're just, they they only compete up until the fourth quarter they can't
0: really play defense they got good they got some good guys like davis burtons i don't know why he stayed there he should have gone somewhere else i feel like he could really could have done wonders for them and the thing the team i mean has completely fallen off a cliff since they lost in seven games to boston i mean that series was such a classic series and you know, I love Scotty Brooks as a head coach. I think he's a very good head coach that can really help, you know, another team. But I don't, I think his time, it's just, it's frustrating to see just how far they've fallen. I mean, last year, 29th in the NBA and in points allowed. And it's just, and this year, it's no better. I mean, they're giving up 119 points a game. They score a lot of points, but they also give up a ton of points. And this is a team that is rebuilding, and I think it's time that they trade Bradley Beal because I think you need to go full rebuild, and I don't think there's any point in keeping him.
1: Yeah, it's a tough situation because, I mean, like, you hear all these fans talk about how, you know, they should give away Bradley Beal. Look, give him to our team, you know, like Heat fans will be saying stuff like that. Or, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think Beal, he, he's, I always thought of him as the guy who would be a complete, like, wizard, you know, for life, which is, like, weird to say. But, like, you know, like, uh, he's, been, he's seen so much shit with that organization that, like, they're, I, it's, they're finally trying to turn things around uh, because they have a new GM and everything. So it's going to take some time, you know. Like, I know with the Bulls, like, that culture changed, like, a little bit, like, quick. But uh, with the Wizards, it's tough because, like,
0: they had Scott Brooks for how many years now? Two? Oh, it's been a lot. It's been a long time. Let me look. It's been at least four years. I think it's been four. four years. Okay, wow yeah and he's five years this is his fifth season as head coach oh wow yeah his time is due for sure
1: yeah Uh, because beal is always in these games or the score yesterday the score for 141 to 136 right he's always in those kind of games and he's always going out for 45 50 points i think it's like that's like the fifth time that's happened in his career like he's only won one time where he scored like over 45 50 points so it's 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 a bummer i mean uh you know i i think that the devin booker comparison is actually it's actually pretty accurate uh you know um it's a shame, man, uh, because, you know, you, uh, the Wizards, uh, thats that has a potential to be a very good basketball town uh, if they ever get their shit together. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and the fans showed out, you know. And Washington's obviously a bandwagon, you know, city, you know, no no doubt about it. It's not, not a surprise, you know, and, and that's fine, you know, because it's a transplant city. But, yeah, man, like, that city has a lot of potential, but it's just like... They they haven't seen anything worth watching for the last like three years. I mean, 2017 was like their best shot, and in 2015, like when Wall broke his hand, I think he broke his hand again in 2017. But 2015 broke his hand against the, the Hawks. They could have gotten to the conference finals. They could have beaten the Hawks then. Uh, and then you know, obviously, 2017, DeCallea only kind of breaking the Wizards uh, and turning into what we know as them as, in, as in now. So it's it's kind of surprising that Westbrook. It, it's it's a disappointment. You know, that's all it is. You know, that's all. I guess we should say and end it
0: really with. It's just – it's crazy, and I agree with you. when, when that was back when, when they lost to the Hawks in the, in, the, in the semis. And, you know, I agree with you. It is a transplant city and a kind of like a Phoenix area. You know, a lot of people are starting to move there. Atlanta, a lot of people are starting to move there. Dallas, all these things. But Dallas always had that stable fan base, especially in Texas. There's always been a stable fan base there, even with San Antonio, who uh, – I don't think Greg Pop- – I would actually ask you this. Do you think Greg will ever leave the Spurs?
1: I thought about No, him. no, 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 never. Because if he leaves, he will be done. He'll, he'll retire. Because I agree. Uh, I think will people forget? And this is actually this, I, might, I might throw this in the full court trap. Greg Popovich used to be an assistant coach for the Warriors, right? Yes. And like there's another team too. I think there was another team he used to be an assistant coach for. But like uh, I, I cannot see him ever leaving Santa because
0: that's like that's his that's his town. He's been there forever. He fu- he was actually from East Chicago. Yes, he was. So yeah, he was, in Indiana. He was an assistant coach – his first big job – okay, this is – he was the – I think he was an assistant under Larry Brown at Kansas. That makes sense. And then he went to the Spurs for a few years. Then he went to Don Nelson, which makes a lot of sense. And I think he took – and I think what he did was, towards the late 2000s, he took Don Nelson's offense and kind of made it the Warriors' offense because he had guys like Tim Hardaway and stuff like that, and he probably made it a point guard already on offense, which is what made him so good. He's been with the Spurs now for 24 years. I don't see the guy going anywhere either, and I agree. And I think that's Becky Hammond's job. He's just waiting.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah. that other dude, uh, Messina, went back to Italy.
0: Right. And speaking of which, we got some breaking news in the pod. We got a Tom Thibodeau signing. Taj Gibson has rejoined the New York Knicks. Wait a minute.
1: What team was he on just now? Was he a free agent? Yeah, but all I know is that last year, year was on, on the Knicks.
0: Knicks. I, I am so happy Tibbs resigned Josh Gibson. Just get the whole, get Joe Keem out of retirement. Let's get Derek back in New York. Let's do this.
1: Well, Joe Kim should play with Billy Donovan.
0: I I wanted that so bad because I thought he'd be good for the locker room. But you know what? Yeah. I guess it wasn't in the cards, but I want to get back to Philly for a sec, because yeah. I I really think I think this team is going to go to the Easter conference finals. I definitely think this is their year to finally show out because if you have the spacing to not, so they can't double and beat and you can kick it out. If only Ben Simmons could shoot the three, that's the thing that's so frustrating is that he's such a great talent, but his ceiling is complete is limited because he can't shoot. He's only averaging four. He's averaging under 14 points a game this year. And imagine if he could actually shoot the ball I don't think he'd be averaging anywhere like 20, 22 points a game. That's not his game. You know, it's almost like he's like a six-eleven Lonzo Ball, in that he's just—he's a team-first guy, likes to get everyone involved, and he likes to keep it that way. He doesn't like to be the main scorer, and that's fine if he wants to do that. But I mean, he's—he's averaging—he's gonna be. This will be a career low in points for him. It'd be a career high in rebounds, and he's keeping the same assist totals, but. It's just frustrating because I want to see him get better and he hasn't, and his free throw percentage is still terrible. He's shooting under 60% from the free throw line. I just can't understand how, you know, especially in today's game, we see all the bigs doing that. And if you're Philly and you're Dale Moy, I wonder what your concern level is at that point. Because while Ben Simmons is super valuable, his value is also limited because he can't shoot threes, and that can limit how far you go in the playoffs. Look at Milwaukee. Because Giannis can't shoot, you can. he just attacks the lane, and Miami was just stripping the ball from him because he's so tall. And it really hurts your chances of winning because you can't rely on him to score for you.
1: Yeah, also the Celtics a couple of years ago, they, they just left Simmons wide open. They left him on an island, and he, he refused to shoot. I mean, that's the problem with it if you're, if you're timid. Uh, that's that's the thing I like about Lonzo is that he, he will always shoot, and people will shit on his form or whatever, but at least he shoots. I mean, at least he's open, and like he's apparently he's he's burden to shot at least last year he was really I've, good I've,
0: been wa- I've watched I've watched Pelicans games Lonzo shot compared to his rookie year is much much better the form is there and you know it, it you know I never also shout out to Stan Van Gundy by the way I'm I'm liking what he's doing down there they're slowing things down but you know it's it's slower paced but I think it kind of works for that team because they are they just I just think it works personally because they have a more isolation oriented team with Zion and Brandon Ingram, let those two guys go to work. It just makes sense to me. So I just want to give him a quick shout out, but to get back to Philly, what do you do? I just, I'm not sure. Do you, I don't think you trade Ben Simmons, but I don't know if I'd want to keep him either.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it'd be, it'd be really nice. And I've always, I've talked about this obviously on this, on the podcast before, like the Philly made the move to get the masturbator over uh, uh up northeast that would be the he's like the anti-simmons you know <laughs> you know he's like the perfect isolation scorer and just imagine with mb but maybe
0: the rockets are saying about james harden, right? what's that we're talking about james harden right and so, of course yeah he's a masturbator okay, yeah. i was like where did you get <laughs> that nickname from for a second
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> i made it up like sometime last year because he's 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 really good at foul baiting and you know he's that's i mean that's half of his game <laughs> i'm
0: not gonna i'm not gonna lie it's one of the best nicknames i've ever heard <laughs> oh my goodness the masturbator i love that i love it <laughs> underdog put it on a t-shirt
1: <laughs> i i would love i mean like hey i mean if if that were i mean the rocket should just go all in and make that a marketing thing <laughs> you know make it the masturbator uh I don't know, because I think if people hear that I call him the masturbator, they might think that I'm, I'm taking a dig at him. And I get it, but I like Harden a lot. So, like, I, I, he's like, you know, like Reggie Miller. He's a very good baiter. He's a great baiter. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, you know, like you mentioned before, a very yes, good baiter. Too. But no one is the masturbator.
0: No, they're not. No. <laughs> and, you know, great shooter, too.
1: Oh, man, one of the best of all time. Yeah.
0: Masturbator is one of the best shooters of all time, too.
1: Yeah, and I've always wanted to say this about Harden Is that like because everyone knows exactly what he's going to do. That's the definition of insanity, guarding James Harden, because you know what he's going to do. He's just a step back, the double step back thing, and he just he just drills it. I know yesterday he didn't have a good game, though.
0: You know, for me, I, I think about this with what's going on with um, Daryl Moore, and I can understand why you would not want to trade for James Harden. You'd have to mortgage your future, and, you know, you'd be going it's all a in. a lot of
1: pressure, too, yeah.
0: You'd be going all in. And I understand the hesitation because you have a guy who's so young, but this is his fourth year and he's still not shooting any threes. And, and he gives you everything else. He's 6'11", and he's still an amazing defender, and it's so hard to guard, and it's so hard because he can switch on one through five and he can give them business. So mm-hmm. I just think, you know, with what's going on, you know, especially with the success they're having, I don't expect them to do anything in terms of trades. I think they're going to stick with where they are. And I don't expect James Harden to get traded until the offseason if he gets traded at all. Because yeah, I, I think, agree. Because from once, I mean, they're really struggling right now also, Houston, which is yeah. something – I think that they definitely may look to make a move because I think their run's over. I, I thought that their window closed after they lost Game 7 to the, war, to the Warriors – yeah. I believe it was 2019, right? 2019 they lost in
1: sixteen. 2018 and then 2019 they lost in six games.
0: Okay, yeah. But I thought their run one, one was pretty much over once they lost in 2019. I thought there's no way they're coming back. When they won 65 games, I thought that was their peak time. And then when Chris Paul – you know, and just yeah. he, he, I never thought it was going to go anywhere. And then what did they miss? Like 27 threes in a row and then they ultimately lost. Yeah. I mean, you're not yeah. – you're done. You're, you, I, I closed the book on them pretty much <laughs> then. I gave them one chance in 2019 and I'm like, okay, now nah, so, yeah, it,
1: it, it's, and that's like, it, it's funny. Cause like we might be talking, we're talking about the Rockets, like, you know, like, like the Kings, right. Obviously they didn't get like fucked over by the refs or anything. Uh, at least not as bad as the Kings, but like, you know, it's like when you're so close, you know, you you just want that team to win so badly. And it, it, it's just an unfortunate a, a series of unfortunate events, right. Chris Paul getting starting there, starting from game five at the end of game five. Uh, and then, you know, uh, to, I think for Tita, he bought the team when they were at their peak. Yeah. So, like, Poland was really saying anything about him then. They, they just wanted to win. They, they had their roster. And, I mean, like, I know people people were kind of saying, like, oh, you know, the Rockets, they lost a reason. People are overreacting because of that. But that's a big loss. Like, a reason, Maba Mute, like, those are very good defenders. And, like, it never hurts to have those kind of guys on your team. It kind of hurts when you lose those kind of guys, actually.
0: Yeah, it does. And, I, it, and, and this brings me to my next subject. I like speaking of defenders. Look at the Toronto Raptors now. 1 and 6 yeah. struggling mightily. When you lose a Serge Ibaka and a Marcus Gasol, it shows. And you look at a team like the Lakers, I mean And you know, it's just like with Mar- Marcus Gasol, he's still he's old and I expect I don't expect him to stay around much longer. Shout out to the Gasol brothers by the way. Both ended up in Memphis, both played in LA, which is I love as well. It's it's the difference is night and day with what's going on. And now you see them, you know, give being one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And all you've got is some nice solid role players on a team that looks lost.
1: Yeah. And also it doesn't help that, you know, they're, they're totally like, they're, they're basically quarantined in hotels like forever. And they're also like not in a great spot in terms of like the COVID hotspot, or whatever, uh, in Florida, uh, it's weird, man. Like, Tampa Bay is kind of taking over the sports world here.
0: <laughs> it, it's kind of weird because it has. It, it was, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen other there. I mean, freaking Tom Brady. It's just unbelievable, that guy. <laughs> yeah, but like,
1: you know, but, like, it, it's weird because I, I, I know that they, they thought about they were going to play in Louisville, and then they, they uh, the players, like I said, didn't want to do that uh, because of the whole situation. Obviously, we all know. And then uh, – and then I guess Tampa was kind of a plan B, right? A plan B option. I mean, what was wrong with Buffalo? I mean, Buffalo is not far,
0: you know? I don't, I don't know what the hate with Buffalo is. I don't get it. I, I don't really understand. You could have played in Vegas maybe, I suppose. you know, they Yeah, got even Vegas football. would have been better, yeah. But I don't think they were going to do that because of the Paul George incident, so I don't think they, were, they would ever do that because he got hurt. I, I think that they are feeling not being in Toronto. I think that's part of it. I think being away from Toronto and being away from the city – is part of it and it's it's tough to see because they are such a well-run organization
1: yeah like even detroit would have been better like detroit that's not far
0: yeah it's not that far you know and the, the crazy thing is that they haven't i mean you could argue they've played a tough schedule you know they've played new orleans twice san antonio um, Philadelphia, the Knicks, Boston, and, and Phoenix. So I'll give them that, that they have played a very tough schedule, but, you know, it, it's just um, it's just wild what's going on. They played such a tough schedule, and they're now one and six, and I would have expected them to. I would have expected them
1: to. At least be 500 or something. Right? At least be
0: 500, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you talk about a franchise that peaked, right? The Raptors, man. Like, uh, that feels like that feels like a blur. Like that, their run feels like like five years ago. You know, <laughs> yeah. But the Raptors, obviously, you know, uh, they have like on paper they have some pretty decent pieces. But again, like that guy Boucher, he's not really a full time five, so it's gonna be tough. And also, uh, you know, it might as well. You know what they might as well do? I mean, I, I know this. This is like, you know, I'm not a huge fan when people say this and stuff like that. But you know, if they tank this year, because it's already a bad start. I would. I would here. not.
0: I. I mean. I would think that's not a terrible idea either, yeah. because I and think. And try um, for that guy, Cade. Right? What's his name? Cade Cunningham or something like that. Cade Cunningham. I, here's my thing. Oh, oh right. Amani's not for a while, but yeah. Cade Cunningham is. This is going to be a really loaded draft class, and if I'm Toronto, I know I can turn this team into an. Ins- I know I can turn these guys into um into superstars because I've done it. I did it with you know. Pascal Siakam, I was able to keep the team going as long as I did. And there's I have confidence in their ability to play it out. Fred Van Fleet turning into an amazing, consistent 20-point-per-game scorer. OG Ananobi turning into a quality player. Chris Boucher as well turning into a quality player. Norman Powell always been a quality player for them. So I would trust these guys to do what they need to do. And if they need to tank, then I don't see anything wrong with that.
1: Yeah, and there's also, like, a couple of quotes from Nick Nurse kind of, like, kind of throwing some shade at some players and it's, like, maybe trying to light a fire under them. Um, but it, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we don't really see that. I, I guess we do see that from Nurse because, you know, no one really pays attention to that much. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a very rough one if you're a Raptors fan. Um, but, hey, I, I, I doubt they have any regrets. I've also seen, uh,
0: you know, uh, the Masturbator might be a dark horse perhaps. Uh, it wouldn't to, be a terrible move, but I don't see how you make that work either because I don't know what at what pieces you would move necessarily.
1: Yeah, it'd be the Rockets again, you know, like it'd yeah. be basically a similar situation.
0: You know, so I, I guess I could see that, but at the same time, you know, I don't see – I don't know where Harden would go. Necessarily. I don't, if I'm don't, by Miami. I don't know if i trade that. You know, I get it if you want to, but, you know, they really value Tyler Herron, and Duncan Robinson. If they really value those guys that highly, then I'd say go for it. But I wonder if – last year was kind of a fluke. I do wonder that. And whether or not they're going to be able to get back there. And if you go second round and out this year, maybe first round and out, I think you consider pulling the trigger for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, like,
1: I, I mean, there's also, like, another thing that we should mention, like, all these teams that were went deep into the playoffs, really struggling, except maybe for Boston. Uh, and also Philly, who obviously, but they were a first-round exit. So any team right. that was second round onwards, uh, except uh, I guess I should say the Clippers too. So it's like two teams who are like really holding it together right now, the Celtics yeah. and the, uh, the Clippers and the Lakers too. I mean, the Lakers got better, you know?
0: The Lakers definitely got – well, the Lakers, I mean, are the Lakers. So, uh, you know, they're going to run here. I think Dallas also is struggling because of Porzingis not being there. And I yeah. think people really don't give credit to just how good of a tandem Porzingis and Doncic are together. You know, so I'm I'm not too concerned about that, really. I think it's I, I was talking about this in the pod. I said wait twenty twenty. I said wait twenty games, and then I can and then we can see who's really good and who's really bad. Because you know, especially with this season, guys are. I mean, now they're pretty much in a groove. I feel like they're slowly becoming together. But it takes twenty games. We've seen it with Miami when they started what like eight, nine, and eight or something like that their first year. Cleveland yeah. it was turmoil till late January when LeBron got hurt. And then he went to Miami and all of a sudden they just became the hottest team in the league. So it's, you know, I wouldn't worry too much. I think everything's kind of going to be topsy-turvy, but I would I would guess that everything will kind of round itself out and everything will kind of come to a head. And I expect Denver and Dallas to be in the playoffs. It might be a four and a five seed, maybe a six seed, but I still expect them to be a dangerous team because these teams have proven to be very high-quality tough teams to beat, especially with two superstars like a – although I would count Porzingis more as an all-star rather than a superstar. Of course, yeah. Dodgers, of course, being the superstar on that team. You know, with a team like Phoenix, maybe they are really for real, and I think that they, they're playing like it, so I'll give them that credit, but I still need to see a little bit more because they weren't – they have really struggled when they – the chips were down. You know, they struggled against – they get a close game. They did. They did lose to the Clippers. So we'll see. But I think that they are here to stay for now. It's just I like to wait, get a twenty game sample, and then I definitely can assess whether or not this team is a contender or a pretender.
1: Yeah, I, I like Phoenix a lot. Um, I uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just another reminder that Chris Paul, he, he's just a winner, man. Like everywhere yeah. he goes, they, he turns into a winning team. And I know people are going to point to his accolades and say that he hasn't won a ring or anything, but he, I mean, like he's he's good enough to win a ring. You know, we all know that. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah. So, like, seeing him like kind of run the show over there, it's uh, it's very. It's I, I actually I really love it because now Devin Booker finally has a chance to be on a good team for once, and uh, who knows how far they can go? I mean, like they they are like they're they've been the number one seed for about like a week now. Well. Yeah. I, I hope they can stay there as long as possible because it's always fun to see kind of a surprise team.
0: We it definitely it's definitely nice to see it because we talked we talked about that Monday as well. But I want to get to a, a team that I don't know if I'm surprised, but it's a team we love to watch. They're finally watchable in that situation. Oh surprise. my god! They're goodness. actually watchable.
1: I it's it's actually amazing because I uh, the game against the Blazers that we were talking about the other day. It was a great win. Great win. Down by 20 and coming back. And the Blazers, like, they made them look stagnant. You know, they made the Blazers look really stagnant. And so, like, finally seeing seeing a game like that, that's not like, you know, like last year when we had that win against Charlotte where we kind of pulled it out of our ass in, like, the last minute or something like that in the beginning of the season. The announcement, Uh, that was so funny. He's just like,
0: no! Oh, my God, no! No! (laughs) He knew they were fucked. He knew it. it
1: reminds me of uh. Remember Morris P- you Remember Morris Peterson maybe right? he hit that well, shot? Oh, wait, again. You know, Michael Ruffin threw it up in the air. Yeah. And then yeah. Morris caught it and baked it in. Squirt was like, "Got it! Oh my goodness!" You know, I made that my ringtone. By the way, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You know, Have uh, you? But, so that's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, the the Washington announcer was like, "No, you know, it's not possible." You know that uh, that's another good ringtone. By the way, uh,
0: I like but, the one uh, Justin Bieber. You ever heard what Justin Bieber's is? Yeah, remember, the, remember Mike Gundy? He goes, I'm a man. I'm 40. That's his
1: ringtone, which is another <laughs> good one. Uh, yeah, man. Like, I don't know, man. Uh, the Bulls have finally – I mean, like, even yesterday they lost to the Kings. But they put up a great fight. I mean, they put up a good fight on the back-to-back. They traveled that one day that they that, – you know, going from Portland to Sacramento. And they, they played pretty well. I mean, I, I was uh, pretty impressed, like, that they were keeping up with them. And it's like – and keep in mind, they got four guys out. You know, like the four guys who are usually in the rotation.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, you win four of your last six games, you've got my attention. And yeah. they almost won last night, which would have been five out of the last six. And, that you know, would have been a great, great win if they had won last night. But, you
1: know, they, hey, Halliburton, he can play.
0: Yeah, it was a, that was a tough pill to swallow. I was watching the game last night. And four, I fell asleep, like, right towards the end of the fourth quarter. Cause, uh, but uh, what I was watching was a team that really – impresses me and is a team that is finally being coached well and i see a young patrick williams that floater oh that is Derek rose-esque that thing i don't know how you stop that shot when you when you have that wingspan and you're six nine and six ten i don't even know it was six ten whatever he is he's also going to keep growing by the way i expect him to be six ten six eleven maybe seven feet by the time he hits twenty twenty one because usually these guys don't stop growing till they're in their night like, till they hit twenty one and he really is he's raw still one of the you know him and james wiseman seem to be the two guys with the most potential in this class he's got a very 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 solid game he doesn't shoot a lot but when he gets his touches he gets the job done he's very efficient with his
1: touches yeah like he he will he will always make the right decision and i i've i've been had a lot of fun watching that guy because he's just you know it, 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 the, half the fun is the mystery, right? We don't know what he's gonna do. But like I, I, we've seen, we've seen enough of him even during the preseason where it's just like, yeah, we know he's he's probably gonna pull up for a mid range jumper, and he's got a nice shot. I mean, he's like he's one of those guys like you mentioned, like like Wiseman, like Halliburton. They were like NBA ready right away. You know, uh, it kind of also reminds me of uh, Shea Gilchrist Alexander on like in his rookie season because he seemed like he just fit in seamlessly in the NBA game.
0: Yeah, and you know, one thing that's crazy, is Patrick's shooting 47% from three right now. 47%. <laughs> now, how he how is he a game? He's not taking a like one or two? Two a game. I mean, okay, fine. I'll give it two that's not a game. Bad, though. But that's, it's that's not bad. It's not bad. And that jump shot is so flawless. And you can see the fundamental bases there. And just give him two or three years, and he can get there. It took Giannis years before we finally saw what he could really be. It took a couple of years before we really saw what Kawhi was. Now, granted, he had the NBA Finals, and we got to see really what he could do in the finals. But we didn't see the superstar Kawhi till the year after they left, basically till yeah. about 2015, and then we finally saw what really Kawhi could do, and. In terms of his superstar potential, we knew the guy was going to be special, but I feel like it took a. I mean, if I'm really going to really go look at this, he didn't really do what he was doing. I mean, he didn't really start becoming the player that we expected till 2014 15. Till then, he was averaging, you know, 11, and 13 points, and then 16. And then pretty much by 2015 16, he's their best player, 21 points a game. And then it just took off from there. So I, I think that we win. Say it again. I can't, won, I can't believe they won 67 games that year. That was the same year the Warriors won 73. It was crazy. Yeah. The, the seven, oh, 2014 15? Oh, no, it's 2015 16. Yeah. 15 16, yeah. yeah that, was in, that was crazy. It's because normally six, I, I forgot that 67 wins. I forgot they were going to. I, I forgot that they won 67 games that year. Yeah.
1: And, going back to the, got ball the playoffs. If he you guys
0: heard in the playoffs, he got hurt, right? He
1: got hurt in 2017. That was the first year with Durant. Okay. Uh, but, like, going back to the Bulls, like, uh, I'm – you know, I know this guy. He he had a career high yesterday. He, he had, like, seven assists, too. It's not too shabby. But I'm not sold on Kobe White as, a, as like a point guard. I never really was sold on him as a point guard. I know he's only 20 years old. He's but Ben it's Gordon. Like,
0: he's a Ben Gordon. He's a he, combo exactly. guard. He's not a Kirk Heinrich. He's a Ben Gordon. He's a combo guard. I mean, he can get – he can make plays, but he's not a – He's not a point guard. He's gonna. Yeah. He's a scorer. He's, he, Kobe White is best. Kobe White is going to be a great sixth man in this league. I don't think he is a starter guy. He's like a Lou Williams. He'll come off the bench and he, he can give you 15, 16 points. He can give you 35 points if he gets hot. Last night he had 36. He had a great game. It's just I don't see him as the starting point guard moving forward. He's not the kind of guy you want. The Bulls need an actual point guard. I think the Bulls are fine at small forward. Wendell Carter is showing signs, 17 rebounds last night. Shout out to him yes. also, six offensive rebounds, which is fantastic. Little Moses Malone number right there. Or
1: well, he's, depending on who you talk to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, you know, he's not shooting the three well. And maybe Jim I Boyle, Maybe I he had a complete green light in preseason. He had a green light, and we saw him. I mean, it, it, it was – It was Brick City, and it it was ugly. I mean, 25% from three this year. Maybe that's why Jim Boylan didn't let him shoot threes because he knew he wasn't a good shooter. That might have been part of it. But we're seeing now that it's just – you know, I'm I'm still not sure about him, and I'm not sure about Laurie either. There's a lot that they still need to figure out, but I definitely think you can keep Zach, and you definitely keep Patrick Williams on this team. I think there's no reason not to keep Zach Levine. He's on a bargain contract, and he paid $20 million a year, and you're getting 23 to 25 points a game from him. You don't just give that up, especially for a bargain like that.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't expect the Bulls to, you know, give in and make some shitty trade to give Zach Levine to, like, the Sixers for, like, nothing, you know? Um, and even if the Bulls – like, I mean, like – and speaking of the Sixers, the, I mean, the Bulls could use a guy like Simmons, even though he doesn't shoot the three. Uh, but another guy I thought the Bulls would be good with, and I know, like, the contract would not work, He makes way too much money for his value. But a guy like Westbrook would be very valuable for the Bulls.
0: I think he could help, but I think also Westbrook is a kind of player that while he's a good player, he's not the kind of player that is going to help you win a title because he can't shoot. And if you can't shoot, he's also a ball-dominant player. And if you really struggle to shoot, and I believe he's the least efficient player in the league the last, like, three years in terms of shooting – just in front of John Wall. And so, uh, it's weird because John Wall seems to fit in better with the Rockets than Russell Westbrook did. And we saw last year what Houston would do. And and are we both in agreement that that was boring as hell? Are you talking about their team or, like, the series? Just the way they played. It was 55 threes a game. Yeah. Dribble, 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 and then shoot a mid-range jump shot.
1: Yeah, it it, it was – oh, man, it it, it was tough. I mean, like, the Rockets – I, I wouldn't once they tripled down on like the, you know, fuck you, we're gonna go all small five. I was like, okay, this is cool, this is very interesting, this is different. But once you get to the playoffs, it's like there's no way they're gonna win, you know. No. There's no way they're gonna they're gonna do anything because they, they need to build the similar roster that they had like three years ago now.
0: Right. And you know I
1: look like they're going towards that path now, but you know, uh you know, it sounds like their owner doesn't you know, people do not like him. Uh so I don't know, man. Uh, the Rockets – I mean, like – well, I got, like, Westbrook. You know, another guy who would be great, obviously Lonzo. But the Pelicans probably are not going to give him up, so.
0: No, I think Lonzo would actually be a decent fit for the Bulls. I actually have talked to my friends about this. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, the Rockets were out-rebounded in that series last year, 45-32. to 32. Ooh. Per game. Wow. Which is why I always thought there's no way they can win this series because they can't rebound it all. And if you can't yeah. rebound it all, then forget it. You're not gonna is not much is gonna be done in terms of your favor. And I and if I'm reading this right, how many rebounds per okay, you got about four. Okay, that's not even that impressive anyway. But for a team like the Bulls, where are those pieces gonna come from? Because I don't know because the thing that's gonna be the problem is are Guy's gonna want to come here. And I don't know. I'm still not sold on the fact that people are gonna want to come to Chicago. I think the the aura of Michael Jordan, I think that's gone. And I don't think, with the way the team is constructed now, with a guy like Arturis, now he has the power to actually sign free agents. He's going to use that and he's going to execute that strategy. He couldn't do it with Denver. He had to develop the talent. But now he can develop the talent and he can get free agents. And I think with Arturis. These guys are going to want to play here. I actually think there is a legitimate opportunity to play in Chicago. And, you know, people argue all the time, well, you know, they may not want to play in the cold weather. Who cares? You get to play in a city like Chicago, you win here. You're beloved forever. You think any, those guys for the Cubs, everyone wants them to be re-signed just because they want to ring. And I'm of the opinion they haven't done anything for three years and Rizzo's got a bad back. So, you know, as much as we want to keep them and we want to love these people forever, you know, understand the magnitude of winning a championship in this city. You are renowned forever. You don't have to pay for a drink. You don't got to buy a steak at Gibson. You don't got to do nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, well, th- that's why you know. Obviously, the Bulls are. I think they're going to be looking at that that Brooklyn Nets approach. Uh, so, like, it took them about seven years to
0: approach. I don't even know about that necessarily because. It, it, to get Kyrie and KD, very, very tough.
1: Yeah. So, I, should, I shouldn't say Brooklyn. Well, I mean, I only mentioned Brooklyn because I mean, like, I'm, I'm only thinking one guy. Just one guy we could get. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like a Giannis or anything. I mean, if, even if it was just, I mean, that'd be great. But Giannis is, you know, he's five years down the line. Um, but like, just, just like a – I mean, like, because I never thought that they would do anything this coming offseason, like next season. I don't think they'll do anything, you know, in terms of, like, a huge – you know, like, Anthony Davis type. and That's another guy who won't be around for a while. But, like, yeah, next year's free agent class is pretty weak. So, I mean, like, I'm looking down the line, like, 2024, 2025. Hopefully we get
0: someone who's,
1: like, very interested in, you know, the right opportunity.
0: I could see them maybe making a trade for some guys. Like, I think the Bulls are going to eye 2022. Harden's a free agent. KD can opt out. Steph Curry can cannot that though. I don't think he's gonna go. I don't think he. I think Kawhi, he's gonna right. you can get a Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker. You can bring Jimmy back if you want. <laughs> <laughs> you can try. Yeah, I don't think. Kawhi, I don't like think Kawhi. Yeah, I don't think Kawhi is going anywhere though. So
1: I don't think so either. No. No. Uh, I, I don't think Paul George. I mean, I, I think those guys are staying there with, with L.A especially if it works out this year. I mean, especially if they get closer to this year, like in the Western Conference Finals, you know, they're going to go – they're going to probably double down go all in.
0: Yeah, I I think that's the tricky part with the Bulls is what is your next step? What is your free agent plan? Because a lot of the free agents, they're old. A lot lot of them are in their early 30s. You have a young team, and usually you have to be able to build it organically if you want to get that next free agent. And right now, I don't think this team is at a point where we can definitely say, oh, this is a free agent destination. There's still a lot of pieces that don't fit in the puzzle. And if you don't have the pieces that fit in the puzzle, you're not going to be a place that people are going to go, that's where I want to go. When the Bulls were going after LeBron, Bosh, and Wade, they had Derrick Rose, they had Taj Gibson, they had Luol Deng, they had Joaquin Noah. They had all these young, quality pieces that made you go, that's a team I can play for. If I go to that city, I can win a championship there. And if LeBron James comes here, well, obviously we trade Lou Aldang, but you would have had Rose, Gibson, Joakim, Dwayne Wayne, LeBron. James. You can win. That's a def- that's a nightmare, especially with LeBron, Gibson, and Noah defense, that there would have been a nightmare to guard. But you understand those are. That's a team that is a quality team that you can go to that just needed those pieces, and you're a title contender. So. The Bulls are not there yet. And I think until we finally see a Patrick Williams breakout, Zach Levine break out to be a superstar, Kobe White all of a sudden takes this huge leap forward. It's not a place that I'm sitting there going, that's where I want to play if I'm James Harden or Kevin Durant or LeBron James or, you know, a James – that's not where I'm looking to go. I'm looking to go to a place where I definitely know, okay, I know we have pieces here. We can build it. Now, the Lakers the, – when he went to the Lakers – they had a young nucleus of talent you, that had assets, you could trade a, for a superstar for. That might be what the Bulls are going for. Let's get that one free agent, use all our, all our young assets and get that second guy. And then all the other free agents will follow. And we'll fill out the team that way. Could be his move. But that's the frustrating part is we, we have to wait and see. And it's nice to see what we're seeing now. The young talent kind of coming together with Billy Donovan as the coach. It's really nice to see. I still think that until we see that young squad really develop and see that next breakout player, which is probably going to have to be Patrick Williams because we need to see that happen, I don't see this as a free agent destination town.
1: Yeah. Yeah, at least not yet. I mean, because it, it, it takes time to, to build something like that. Because I mentioned Brooklyn because it, they took, it took seven years for them to, from Billy the Billy King Resigning up until you know two years ago when Kyrie and KD you know joined the team. Well, I guess I should say now. Now is about seven years. It took about six, five, six years for them to finally build something up. And you know, you know, because once once you get like a guy like Kyrie Irving's attention, you're like, all right, we got we got to go all in. You know, like for to right. get Kyrie Irving, and then who knows? You know, we can you know uh, get Kevin Durant. But because I remember when Kyrie when he signed with them, I was I was thinking like. Now, KB could go there, you know, because they still have the money to get him. Uh, So it's very, like, you know, that's a very exciting situation that Brooklyn has right now. I know there's, like, you know, there's some pressure now with with them, and, you know, people might think there's some pressure and they're now off to the greatest of starts. But it's also like, like I'd kill to have that kind of roster right now, you know? Right. Uh,
0: You know, for, I think the key would be, I mean, if we look at, let's look at a team like the Lakers the year before LeBron got there, right? The year before he got there, they won 35 games. Not a ba- so it wasn't necessarily a bad team. It wasn't a bad team, but it wasn't a great team. It was still a team that was young, still a team that was developing, still trying to figure it out, but there was talent there. If you're a 21 team, I'm not, looking, I'm not even looking in your direction. In yeah. order for, what did Brooklyn have that you know was big for them last year? They made the playoffs without the two. They made the playoffs despite not having Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So when you have that much talent, you don't need – you know that can get a team to go, yep, I can go play for that team. If the Bulls can make the playoffs as an eight or a seven seed this year or next year, I think a team might go, you know what, if I go to that team, I could be that last piece. They're already a playoff team. If we look at the Bulls before 2010, 2011, eight seed, both – or eight or seven seed both years, but they made the playoffs. There was young talent there. They had pieces. You had a superstar in Derrick Rose that was not quite there yet, but got there in his third season. If the Bulls can prove we can make the playoffs without having a defined superstar, that'll catch the eye of free agents. And that's what I think going to take. it's going to take for them to finally take that step that goes, we are the best team. We are the best team to go to free agency for, and this is why. We made the playoffs without any of you. Now imagine what we can do with you. That's their best yeah. partnership. Yeah,
1: but uh, in the short term, it, it's just really great to see, you know, like just kind of like this culture change taking over. Because this culture change is supposed to – it should take about a season to get settled in. But already, we, we can already see the effects. Like, you know, the players look, you know, a little bit more relieved, I guess. They look and
0: both uh, they and both Bill
1: Donovan, I've watched a couple of his press conferences, and I don't know, man, this guy says exactly all the right things that you want to hear. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like the, all the shit that we heard through Jim Boylan, all the quotes. Because oh I never wanted to watch a Jim Boylan press conference. But with Billy Donovan, you know, when they lost, they, they lost, they got when they got blown out by Milwaukee. I was like, I want to see what he says. And he, he was saying a lot of very good things. And he, he was also, he doesn't throw anyone under the bus. He's like, you know, I mean, he, he maybe he'll throw, he wouldn't really throw like a shot that's like not warranted,
0: you know? Right. And he, he's going to hold these guys accountable. Plus I like some of the free, the signings they made, especially Garrett temple. That's turning out to be a very solid signing, yeah. seven and a half points a game a reliable shooter. You know, one guy I have my eye on is Makoka because he's not a very good offensively, but he can defend guys. And you know, it's those little pieces, those, li- those guys, those diamonds in the rough that you find that can turn out to be that next big guy. He's he's, undrafted, a rookie, he's a rookie, so they've got time to develop him. Look at Pascal Siakam. Picked him 27th. No one gave a crap about him, but look at what he's doing now. Became one of the better players in the league. So or you know, Nikolai Jokic takes time, developed him, turned him into the best passing center in the NBA, maybe the past best passing center we've ever seen in NBA history and may ever see in NBA history, at least in this time frame for sure. So I, I definitely think that there are pieces here. It's going to take time to figure it out, but it's a young nucleus with the right guy people in place, the right guys developing these players, and I think what I'm finally seeing is a team I can go, I can watch this, and I'm a and and I'm sure Adams told you this. It's been years since I've been like I want to watch the Bulls game. It's been years since I've said that. I'm actually I know they're going to get blown out by the Lakers probably. LeBron can take the game off and they probably still win with AD alone, but. It's fine. I'm still going to watch this because I want to see my team playing finally again. It took me forever to be able to say that. And now I'm happy I can say that. I haven't said that since Jimmy Butler got traded.
1: Yeah. uh, And really uh, having all those, just like, just having at least like two decent players really, like really will really make you, I don't know. It really makes you worth, worth watching, I guess. And also like these last two years for the Bulls, the Bulls really wasted two seasons. Like, you know, with the, with the Jim Boylan experiment. Uh, now, I can't believe they actually extended him for some reason. I don't, know, I don't know why they did that.
0: You know, but, you know, and I like what you're saying, what you're talking about there with extending Boylan. We, we see bad franchises with bad front offices make these kind of dumb decisions. For, for example, the dumbest – you signed Cristiano Felicio to a four-year contract? <laughs> what are you, stupid? <laughs> I mean what you're scoring one point a game was enough I forget he's still on the damn team yeah I forgot he's still on the team thank like, you. how do you how is it possible to sign that guy he stinks we all knew he stunk and you gave the guy 32 million dollars it just dumbfounds me that they gave this guy this contract because I thought well he's got some talent. Yeah, he was a dealing superstar for like 3 seconds and then, you know, he was an abys- he's been abysmal since he got here. And
1: he's not even good for like in the in the international games either.
0: No, he's not. And you know, it's okay, he's that guy who's like 7 foot 3 and you just put him at your starting center position in high school because he's 7 3 and then he gets to college but he only can and then he goes to like I think they had a guy it's almost like a taco, except tacos in the NBA. They have this guy from I think UNC Asheville who was like seven seven, and he was on the team because he was seven seven. I yeah. mean, he wasn't going to make the NBA, but he's a seven seven or seven five or something like that. You just put him out there because he's tall. You're not putting him out there because he's like this amazing player. I think um, Purdue, for example, they've got a center who's seven four. He's not going to make the NBA probably, but he's seven four. So of course you can use that, like. It's just you know, just because you're a big body doesn't mean you can play in the NBA. It doesn't mean anything. Look at Chuck Nevitt. How'd that work out? <laughs> do you even know who that, Do you even know who that is? No, I. I, I don't, exactly. Sounds kind of familiar, but I don't think I remember. No. Do you know, like you know who Chuck Nevitt is? No. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> just because you're a big body does not mean you're going to be a talented player in this league. And there was nothing. We knew that Felicio sucked. We we totally knew that, but. You know, it just goes to show when you have the proper guys in place, you know that Arturz is not signing this guy. No. I trust what he's doing. When, at first when I, when I saw the draft, I was like, who the hell is Patrick Williams? And when they said he's got Kawhi-like tendencies, he's the second youngest player in the draft, I said, okay. I trust what they're doing. He obviously sees something. He obviously sees the potential. I want highest reward possible. That's fine. You know who's leading the team in blocks right now? Patrick Williams so I'll take that I mean the guy can play defense he's young he'll develop he will figure it out it's going to take two or three years but I can see what's going on now and I can definitely say that they're moving in the right direction and you know who knows what's going to go I knew Laurie wasn't going to get re-signed right away they don't know if he fits yet because right now we look at seven footers in this league unless you're a Giannis or a KD big men they're not it's hard to have a big man on your team because it slows you up, and they can only guard five and four. Because when they get in those switches, it's a problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you—you you look at Utah. Utah was in like a very tough dilemma because you know Gobert wanted the supermax, right? Two hundred and eighty million or something like that, or two hundred sixty million, whatever it was. Uh, maybe it was sixty. But uh, and then the Jazz wanted to give him like one eighty-five, but they settled on two hundred five or something like that. So I mean, like. You, when you have a guy like Gobert, who's, like, very, you know, obviously elite at the defensive end. But on the offensive end, you know, it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, it, it, it's that tough dilemma. So that's why, you know, like, I – like, I, I – first of all, like I, I expected the Bulls not to, you know, even think about giving Lowry that extension yet because he hasn't really proven much until his rookie season. And, you know, Wendell Carter is another interesting case. I don't, because- expect
0: him back. I don't expect him to stay because I just – the you know i he's a very solid player but i I haven't seen enough out of him where i go you know what this guy is a guy i want to keep watch him go to boston and be unbelievable i would i could believe that i could see him going to boston yes i could see them doing something like that yes
1: uh but uh, i guess the only question is you know would it be through rfa or would it be through some sort of trade that we made but i don't know um anyways uh yeah, like like we mentioned, it's it's been very fun to watch. It's a very exciting time, honestly, to be a Bulls fan. Um, you know, like I mentioned about Kobe White. You know, so we need like a we need like a true point guard, um, and Halliburton would have been nice. But we but Patrick Williams also fits a need, and uh, you know we, we got it. We you know, obviously we picked him up when when we drafted him. I was also kind of disappointed because I thought uh, you know going into that draft I would be I was thinking I'm going to embrace the hell out of whoever we draft because it's not Gar packs making I, you know, and the first time, the first hour or so, I was like, oh, this is, this, you know, because th- there was a lot of uh, reports about Patrick Williams. The Bulls are interested in him. And Patrick Williams went from, like, the 30th pick in the first round to, like, the 40th, you know, the top 10 or whatever. And, like, he apparently really worked on his game. And the fact that he's really, he's a very huge fan of Diana Taurasi was a green flag for me because, you know, it's kind of a game-recognized game kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the interview they had together. They did, like, a back, like a Google Glass. I
0: don't, I don't think I did, but I'll have to check that out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I saw it. I came across on Facebook or whatever. But he was, like, very starstruck when he met Diana Taurasi. And I was like, this is really cool. This guy really loves basketball.
0: Yeah. And, it, you know, for you to soar up that high tells me you have a good work ethic. And I've seen the tape. And I like what Spencer did when he said. They said, what's his ceiling? He said, he doesn't have one.
1: I know that's that's crazy because Dinwiddie does not have any ties to the Bulls or anything. You know, it's he's just a random. I mean, obviously he did before, but he's like
0: he talent. He's not going to be biased towards the Bulls, yeah. When you rec- when talent recognizes talent, he sees a lot of talent in him, and that's an So I'm going to give this. I'm going to enjoy the ride with him. It's going to be very interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. And speaking of which, um, before we close it out, I just want to say tonight. Very nice slate of games. We got Philadelphia against Brooklyn. I'm going to enjoy watching that game. We I also, can't wait. But unfortunately, Durant is quarantining. It's a shame. Which stinks. But you know what? I'm going to enjoy watching. I mean, he's still, he's still very good. One, you know, to watch on television. This is going to be a great. I can't wait. It is, and we also got Dallas versus Denver, Cleveland, Memphis, San Antonio, and the Lakers. And of course, we'll finish off the night with Minnesota and the Portland Trailblazers. But that's going to wrap it up here. For this episode of Hoopstradamus, I want to thank Hami once again for coming on. It's always a pleasure to do a podcast with you, Hami. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, likewise, man. Hopefully we'll do one soon again, both of us. And uh, everyone, have a good rest of the week, and we will be back soon.